0: Welcome to Marriage Mondays with the Kings. I'm Kenya. And I'm Shan. And and we we are are the the Kings. Kings.
1: Happy Monday, everyone, to each and every individual that is joining us for tonight's show of Marriage Mondays with the Kings. We greatly appreciate it, as we say every week, for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us. Now, we're going to go ahead and just dive straight into it. Um, tonight's show, you know, we like to let you know about our amazing sponsors. We have Christian Humor forward slash inspiration. This is a group that is designed to uplift, inspire and bring humor to everyday life in a Christian way. If you are in the social media, please check them out simply by going to search them on Facebook at Christian Humor forward slash inspiration. Then we have hope which is helping our patriots evolve. This is space for all veterans and their loved ones to come and feel like they are accepted and understood. Veterans around the globe suffer every day from a pain they cannot escape. Hope offers encouragement for those who are searching for a place to connect. Let us be a supportive resource as you travel along your journey. Hope is not for mental health services. For that, you will have to find a supportive mental health resource within your community or at your local Veteran Health Administration. For more information, please visit their website at hopeveteranstrong.com. Are you looking to buy or sell a home? Prolific moves start here with Prolific Realty. Visit their website at com or call Alexis White at 254-702-5332.
0: And as we always like to do, we want to open up our show with a word of prayer. So if you're able to do so safely, we ask you to please bow your heads as we go before the Lord in prayer. Father God, in the name of Jesus, once again, we come before you, dear God, just giving you thanks. Father God, we thank you for waking us up this morning, dear God, for starting us on our way. Father God, we know somewhere that someone did not wake up, Heavenly Father, so we're praying for those individuals who have lost loved ones, dear God. Father God, we're praying for individuals right now who are going through in their lives, Heavenly Father, regardless of what the situation and circumstance may be. Father God, we're praying for those individuals that are being affected by the storms across the United States and other places in the world, dear God. We're praying for for individuals to be able to have food, for them to be able to have yes. heat, their God. We're asking for power to be restored where it was lost, their God. Father God, we're just asking for a complete covering of your hands around your people on the day, their God. Yes. We're praying for someone's health on the day, their God. Somewhere someone is dealing with COVID, someone's dealing with cancer, diabetes, their God. Father God, we just ask that you would just touch, heal, and set free on the day that the enemy would not have his way through yes. sickness God. through a person's body, their God. Father God, we're continuing to ask you to increase our territory. Father, for we're asking you, Heavenly Father, just like the prayer of Jebez, dear God, to increase the land that we have, Heavenly Father, not only for our gain, Heavenly Father, but so we'll be able to reach out and help someone else. Father God, we're praying for individuals right now behind prison walls, dear God. We're yes. praying for their souls. We're praying for forgiveness for whatever acts that they may have committed that was not only against man's law, but that was against your law. Yes. Father God, we're praying that when those individuals are released, Heavenly Father, that the society will be able to take them back in, that they will not have unforgiveness in their yes. hearts, so Heavenly Father. Father, but they will be able to be uh citizens and live productive lives once again, turning from their evil ways. Yes. Father God, so we're praying today for the church on the day, dear God, that it will be a church after your own heart, that it will yes. not so be a about getting tithes and offering for personal reasons, dear yes. God, but it would be for the saving of souls, for the salvation of men and women through Jesus Christ. And Father God, yes. we continue to ask you to touch our voices as we go before your people, Heavenly Father, to give them a rainbow word that will help individuals in their marriages and even in their individual lives, dear yes. God. So Father God, continue to have your hands upon us as your people, dear God. Continue to have your hands upon us in all our five areas of ministry. Yes. We ask you to bless those, Heavenly Father, who are dealing with many things that are outside of their own situation or circumstances. They can't do anything with Heavenly Father, but we know you can. So we turn it over to you right now in the mighty name of Jesus, and we just give you glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
1: Amen and amen. Our foundational scripture come from the book of Matthew chapter 19, verse 6, where it reads, So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate.
0: And our motto for Marriage Mondays with the Kings is helping to build stronger marriages, which leads to stronger families and stronger communities.
1: We want to let you know that views expressed on this show are those of the hosts, guests, and callers and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. This station holds no responsibility for the validity or accuracy of information on this
0: show. And also, please keep in mind that although we're counseling professionals, the information shared on our radio show is for ministry and educational purposes, only. Also note that topics discussed are reflective of supporters who contact us desire to have a deeper knowledge of these topics. No information is shared on our show based upon our counseling experiences. Topics are for the encouragement of marriages, families, and communities as God desires for us to minister.
1: And so we are going to continue on in our generational curses series. And so for those of you who are just now listening tonight for the first time, Generational curses is something that God laid on our heart to speak about and be realistic about. There are things that um, is said and that will be said that maybe you've never thought about. Maybe you ne- you don't agree with, but we just ask you to consider it and think about it. And then one of the things that we've said each week is in order for a generational curse to be broken, you first have to identify the curse. And that's where a lot of us say we are working a break generational curses, but you cannot do that realistically unless you first identify the curses within your family lineage that need to be broken. So continuing on tonight, generational curses, we're going to be talking about, I need help. Prayer will fix it. Okay. I need help. Prayer will fix it.
0: And you know when I when I think about that particular topic, I need help. Prayer will fix it. Uh, In no shape, form, or fashion are we coming up against prayer. Uh, and saying it doesn't work when right. it comes to generational curses. Right. I believe what we have to understand in that is praying to God because we know he is our maker, that he does exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can ask or think. Mm-hmm. But there are times when it comes to generational curses and even other things in our lives when we need more than just prayer.
1: Right. Uh, we
0: have to understand that uh, we've been taught, and I know other individuals have been taught as well, that faith without works is dead. Mm-hmm. And so with that, we have to be able to do something. Right. And so in this series and and this topic that we're bringing to you today, we want to really just go after those generational curses that people are going through when they go and ask individuals for help, yes. when they've gotten down to their last bit of I can or I can't, it, they're on that last bit of hope, and then a person just kind of comes up and says, "Well, just pray about it." Right. You know what does that do for that individual? You know, maybe they have been praying. Maybe you were that prayer, and you were the answer to their prayer, but you just tell them to go back and pray. Right. So we have to understand that it's not just about the prayer; it's about faith, but it's also about action as well.
1: Right. And so keep in mind, think about it. That could be very dismissive just to say, oh, just go pray about it or prayer will fix it because think about it. When an individual asks for help in a lot of our cultures, um, especially here in the United States, pride is a thing to be very prideful in your culture, but to ask for help is also seen as a sign of weakness. I don't understand that because those of us, especially who've been raised um, in the church and we've been raised to know God as our father have to understand that when we go to God, we have to humbly go to God and, ask him for help. I do not believe in my heart, never not once that God has been dismissive of our request. So think about this. Think about an individual that wasn't raised in church. Think about the individual who do not know how to pray and they're already coming to you asking for help, but then you are just saying, pray about it. Why are you not taking the step to meet them where they are and praying for them? Or praying with them, and so one of the things that Kenya and I was speaking about before the show is um it made me think about Jesus, Jesus met people where they were. You see what I'm saying? You can go to Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, and so for those of you who are ever wondering, because I used to wonder for this for years, and it wasn't time. I was an adult that I understood why does Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John pretty much say the same thing? Well, that's because it's different accounts. Matthew had his account, Mark had his account, Luke had his account, and John had his account going forth. But even with that being said, Jesus met people where they were at. And so when an individual would ask for help, Jesus was there to help them. Jesus didn't just tell them, well, go pray about it. I mean, come on now, Jesus, I am the way, the truth and the light. You know what I'm saying? Nobody can get to the father, but through him and us who call ourselves Christian, which uh, is equates to children of the most high God, we have to understand sometimes the things that we say can be dismissive and it's not helping the person and it's not meeting them where they at. It took a lot probably for that individual to come to you and ask for help. Maybe it was something within them. And I'm not just talking about out help such as, I need help feed my kids, I need clothes, I need shelter. I'm talking about people in addition to that, but people who are struggling within themselves because they're suffering in silence and they finally made the decision to ask for help. People who may be struggling in their marriage, people who may be struggling in their minds mentally. And one of the things that an individual had shared was about how sometimes in the black black community, when an individual goes and seek therapy, they go to get some type of help because they're wrestling with something mentally. The first thing that is said is, oh, well, we don't go and and get help because we're not crazy. We don't go and seek um, counseling because we are not crazy. But what is that actually saying? What it's saying to me is you're being very dismissive of the individual's need at that time. I was sharing with my husband that Think about a person that comes and approach you, you know, God forbid that they have been shot. They have been shot and they, you see the blood oozing out of them. They're holding the area in which they are in pain. They're coming to you and saying, help, help me. See, sometimes we will jump into action when it comes to the physical. Things that you see like, oh, my God, this person's bleeding out. What are you going to do? Nine times out of 10, you're going to try to get them to the hospital or call 911. So why do we jump into action when somebody comes and requests of us of the physical help that they need? But then when it comes to the mental health and when it comes to, you know, something that they're suffering in on the inside, Mm -hmm. then we're dismissive about it. Mm -hmm. Why is that? Now, let's just be real. Do you tell people to go pray about it because you don't know how to help them? Well, heck, just come out and say, I don't know how to help you, but I know somebody else who may, who may can help you. If you could just trust me to get you to that individual, you know what I'm saying? You may not be able to remove the bullet out the person right there as they're bleeding out. You may not even be able to uh, know how to apply the tourniquet, but you can call on somebody else while you're praying at the same time and covering them. So like Kenya said, you got to do some work. Otherwise the person is going to bleed out. So whether that be a person that has a outer physical need for help or an inter-suffering enter and in silence. Um, I don't think I'm going to be able to make it or mental. It should still receive the same type of attention and trying to get them, as we say in the medical field, to the next echelon of care.
0: Yeah. And I think that's really important. I like the question uh, that you had asked, you know, why is it that we're often able to try to help those individuals who are, you know, having some physical ailment, Uh but maybe not be able to help with a mental, even a spiritual ailment?
1: Right. So I
0: think an easy answer to that is because when it comes to a physical uh, situation, we can physically see that. Mm. We can see that someone has a broken arm or a, a messed up leg or that they've been shot. Yeah. Oftentimes, we can't see those spiritual and those um, behavioral type things that may be going on. And a lot of that has to do with the discernment that people have or don't have. Right. Sometimes it has to deal with what you want to see as opposed to what you do see. Right. See, some people ask for help and you see it, you just don't want to help. Uh, unless you can wow. get some type of... Uh, ovation or hand clap or, or something from it, then you're not going to mm, do notoriety. anything. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we have a lot of individuals that are walking around dealing with generational curses and individuals only want to help unless they can get something out of
1: it. Oh, come on, come on. And wow. so
0: that's why we don't see things all the time. One thing that I really want to be able to tackle real quick is something that I've heard for a number of years. Some people will say it's biblical. Some people will say it's not. I I don't want to start an argument. I'm just going to give you my perspective of of this and helping individuals that need help, especially when it comes to generational curses. Uh But it can go in any area that a person needs help in their lives. And that's that old saying that says, God helps those who help themselves. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Now, we have said that, When it comes to faith, the person, you know, should have some type of faith and they have to be willing to do some type of work. But at times there are people, they've had the faith, they've tried to do the work, and yet that stronghold is still up on them. Mm -hmm. So we can't keep saying that God helps those that help themselves, hoping that that's going to help them get up out of it, because sometimes we have to understand when we literally say God helps those to help themselves, are we putting ourselves above God? Mm. Because mm-hmm. if we can help ourselves through it all, we wouldn't have needed Jesus to die on the cross for us. Wow. And so while that mm-hmm. may be a saying that gets people excited and gives them some motivation, sometimes we got to put some action behind that as well. We have to know where our place is. God, when I've done all that I can do, then the next thing I need to do is what? Stand. Stand.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: So there comes a mm-hmm. the times where you have to turn some things over to God because you cannot handle them on your own. If we could save ourselves, we would have been on the cross and Jesus wouldn't have. Right. So let's examine this a little bit further. I want to go down to uh, Philippians, the fourth chapter. I'm going to jump down to the 10th verse. And this is why I want to say that we need to understand that Christ has been able to do this thing for us. We have to do some work as well, but we need to turn it over to him. It says in the 10th verse, but I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. Mm. Now that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. Hmm. I know how to be abused and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. 13th verse, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Mm. While you can do it, you need Christ to strengthen you. Mm. And that's why we have to say that this thing where God helped those to help themselves. Yes, you can do all things, but it takes Christ to be able to do that completely for you. Mm-hmm. So uh, literally, sometimes that can be a dismissive statement. Well, you know what, sir? I- I'm just broke down. I don't have any money. I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, you know what? God helps those to help themselves. Mm. The person just told you they broke. Right. They down. They don't know what to do. So they can't help themselves. Right. So that's why you may be that saving grace. You may be that answered prayer that, that is there for that individual. But all too often, these cliches that we believe in sometimes, there's more harm than good to that individual that needs to help that is there. Mm-hmm. And so another thing that I want to kind of jump into is, is this one here. When we get ready to think about breaking generational curses we have to understand we have to provide something for some individuals. Mm-hmm. We're going to say that all through this show. Matthew, the 25th chapter, and um, it's basically found between the 31st and the 40th verse. But I want to read this particular piece that I pulled out. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. Mm-hmm. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison. You came to visit me. Mm. See, what that those verses right there pretty much said is the person had a need. Mm-hmm. And then that need was met with what they needed. Right. See, if a person needs something to drink because they're dying of thirst, we can't run up there and give them popcorn. Mm. You got to give them what they need at that particular time. When it comes to these generational curses, when you see that a person has been uh, abused, has a child, maybe sexually abused, mm-hmm. offering them something from a sexual nature isn't going to help them. Mm. You got to give them that thing that they need to get away from. You need to give them the thing that they need the most. Maybe they need love. Maybe they need protection. It does no good for us to see that someone is broke down on the side of the road and they out the of gas and you go give them some antifreeze. Mm.
1: Come on, come on. That's what wow. those
0: scriptures are saying. So when you see an individual that you may come across that has a generational curse and they're telling you what they need, then you got to give them what they need. Right, right. Hmm. But all too often, we want to throw a a cliche at them. Hey, well, just pray about it. Right. How do you know they weren't praying before? Mm -hmm. Have you took the time to have a conversation and say, brother, sister, what can I do for you? Right. What do you need at this moment? It would do us no good because I've seen this many years um, being in church, working in the church. They have altar call. Mm-hmm. person comes down to the altar, what do they ask the pastor? Or what does the pastor ask them? Brother, sister, what is it that you're in need? Or what do you need God to do for you? Mm-hmm. And they wait for that response. That person, that, that pastor, that minister, that lay person doesn't know what to pray for until that person opens their mouth. Right. So while we're saying these things about individuals trying to help a person that may need some help, that needs to break generational curses, I want to talk to that person with the generational curse as well. You need to open your mouth.
1: Right, right.
0: So many times, and I understand it, people have not believed you. They, they didn't understand. They said they didn't care. They walked on by. God cares. Mm-hmm. If the person is in front of you, take that moment to open your mouth. So when you open your mouth, not only does, does they hear you, God hears you as well.
1: Right, right. And that's the thing that I was thinking about that's so important because when a person comes and say, I need help, they verbalize this out of their mouth. They are reaching out to you. Then when we be dismissive and just tell them, well, prayer will fix it without even going into, okay, what do you need help with? You know, cause it may not be you, as I said, that would be the person to help them right then. You may have to pass them off to another resource. Um, you may have to say, okay, well, let me, you know, go talk to pastor or whatever the case may be, but to initially sit there and, um, Allow them to feel heard is very important. So one of the things that I want to think of, uh, you know, kind of talk about for a minute that my husband has spoke about. When I sit up and I think about this topic, I have always been, whether it be work or in church, in the ministry of helps, helping people, whether it be patient care, mental health, uh, working in the church, um, helping with the the, the teens and different things, has always been an area of help. But let's think about when an individual. For example, my husband had brought brought up suicide um, prevention. There are a lot of individuals right now that are walking around broken. One of the things that I'm seeing on social media is that after a person has, um, you know, went on and suicided, we'll say that, they suicided. Then that's when individuals can go back and look at the clues and say, wow, well, this person tried to call me, but I was too busy to pick up the phone or this person reached out to me and say, hey, I need to talk. And I was like, oh, right now is not a good time. You know, I try to get back with you next week. One of the things when when I have individuals reach out to me. I always ask, are you good? Are you okay? Do you need anything? Those are my questions. And then if they don't need anything right then, and you know, we generally nine times out of 10 because adults were linking up our schedules to say a scheduling to talk to each other. But at least we are making the effort. With that, I always ask individuals, do you need anything? Are you okay? And so when you have someone who has suicided, for example, nine times out of 10, they've reached out to people for help. But we we are so busy right now that we won't even stop and take the time to say, well, what is it, you know, that you needed? You can go to their social medias, you can see the things that they posted and all these different things like that. And then we're more apt to, oh, this person was a good person. Oh, they did this, they did that. But but the help, they asked for help. That's the important part that I'm trying to convey right now. They come to you and they ask for help. We cannot be that busy in our lives to do the work as Jesus did the work. You know what I'm saying? And key word, Jesus did the work. Jesus did not stay inside the four walls. Jesus went out. When you read about Jesus' story, I encourage you all, especially those who are listening, that you call yourself a Christian. You call yourself a child of the most high God. I encourage you to go to the Bible. And whether it be Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, look at Jesus's life and what he did. We can't call ourselves Christians when people are coming to us for help and we are acting like we are too busy. We can't take the time out to meet them where they are. And that's another thing when people are dismissive and you just say, well, you know, prayer changes things. Yes, it do. I definitely agree that it does, you know, or just pray about it. A prayer will fix it when we are being so dismissive. Even if we're meaning it with a good heart, we have to look at how the person receives it, especially if they know nothing about praying. They know nothing about how to reach out to God. They know nothing about how to call out to our father. Please let us not be dismissive and let us take the time because this is the thing. I do not know anything in life that is so important that we have to act like, where did this notion come from that we're super busy? We miss out on so many things, especially things that God has placed on our heart to tell an individual. God may have placed on your heart to pray for an individual. I don't have to know what's going on. You know what I'm saying? If God put it on my heart and wakes me up at three o'clock in the morning to pray, guess what I'm doing? I'm 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 right there praying or whatever. I do not know. If God places somebody on my heart, heart. I reach out to people and I text them, even people I haven't seen in years and say, Hey, how are you doing? God placed you on my heart. I hope all is well. God bless you or many blessings to you, but you never know how God, we call ourselves so busy. Oh, we need to do this. We need to do that, that we don't even do what God lays on our heart when it comes to reaching out to those. And nine times out of 10, When I reach out, when God has placed somebody on my heart, nine times out of 10, they're referring, they're coming back saying, oh, I just went through this. Thank you so much for reaching out. Thank you so much for taking the time to pray. It really means I really needed help. Let's normalize being able to communicate when we need help. It is not a bad thing, regardless of the generational curses that's been passed down year after year within your lineage. That trying that uh, uh, getting help is a sign of weakness or asking for help. That is a generational curse that need to be broken. Let's normalize raising our children up and 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 teaching them how to reach out to help uh, for help if they need it. Let's normalize teaching our children how to communicate with us. And if they can't come to us as parents, that they can go to someone that they know that we would trust to help them. Okay, that's the curse in this that needs to be broken. That's why a lot of individuals are not reaching out for help when it comes to their marriage Mm -hmm. because you will allow your your pride. and mm-hmm. your marriage to be destroyed you are married to an amazing individual that you said god brought into your life that's what you said that god ordained and orchestrated for you two to be together and if that be the case then why would we destroy what god has orchestrated and um ordained for us in a spouse by allowing our pride, which is nothing but the devil, to come in and prevent us from getting the help that we need.
0: Oh, that's good. That's good. So I, I, I'm going to tell you guys uh, in advance. I'm going to go on a little long uh, rant here, I- if you will. But but it's all good. And it's all for the good of helping an individual that may be up under a generational curse. I want to show you how it's possible to break some generational curses. And I'm going to just tell you ahead of time. Some people ain't going to like this. Okay. Okay. One of the first things we have to understand is that whatever curse that you may feel that you're under, uh, it starts with you as an individual. Okay. My my wife said you have to recognize that, take hold of it. Maybe we started to try to find out where that generational curse began at. But at some point in time, we hold ourselves accountable and, and we start trying to break that from an individual standpoint. Mm-hmm. Now we know God can do a ceiling the bundling. Yes, we can pray and yes, we can't do anything without God, but I want to read this scripture to you. First Corinthians the 10th chapter the 13th verse. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. Mm-hmm. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape mm. that you may be able to endure it. See, some of these generational curses that individuals are under, we need to start looking for that way to escape. Mm. All too often, the reason why that generational curse is still around is because we ain't looking for a way to escape. We still playing around with it. Wow. We need to start looking for a way to escape that. Okay. Now, the next thing I want to go into, and this is why I said I'm going to be a little lengthy with it, Romans, the 12th chapter. Okay. As individuals, we have to hold ourselves accountable sometimes for even some stuff that some other people did. Okay. My my wife and I watched a movie over the weekend, and I forgot the name of it. Um, I would. Will... Was it the Unforgiven? Unforgivable. Yes, the
1: Unforgiven. And it was
0: all about a lady that went to jail for twenty years off of a murder that her five year old sister committed.
1: Yes. Was Sandra Bullock? Yes. And uh...
0: oh god, I can't figure name. Yeah. Keep going. No. But 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 with that, <laughs> this is why I, I'm saying this. There are some things that happen way before you were even born, right? And you're suffering the consequences thereof. But at some point in time, somebody has to say, "Enough is enough. This is going to stop now." This, uh, th- this generational curse. It's going to be broken. Right. If it starts with me and my family, then from this point on, it is not going to wear its ugly head again. Mm -hmm. Now, Romans, the 12th chapter, that entire chapter tells you, in a sense, what you need to do as an individual to not only help yourself, but your family and other individuals as well. Okay. I'm going to start off reading the first verse. It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers, in the view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. And some uh, references, it will say, this is your reasonable service. Mm-hmm. So the first thing you got to start doing is offering your body as a sacrifice to God. Right. Be, do things that are pleasing unto him. Now, the second verse, this is probably the most powerful verse that's in here. Do not conform any longer. Mm,
1: any longer.
0: Don't just pick it up, put it down, pick it up, put it down. Put it down completely. Right. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by what? The renewing, the renewing of, the of your mind. mind. Sometimes when it comes to these generational curses, you have to understand some of these demons and spirits that we've been dealing with just has a hold on our mind. Mm -hmm. And if we renew that thing, they can't hold on to it no more. Because when God comes into it, God can't be in the same place that the the enemy is at. Because when God comes in, the enemy has to flee. Come on. Mm -hmm. So this is the next thing. It says, then you will be able to test and approve what is God's will is his good Pleasing the perfect surface. Now, I'm going to jump down and just read a few other verses. I I don't want to go all the way through, but you can read that for yourself. I want to jump down to around the ninth verse that love must be sincere. Mm. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Mm -mm -mm. Sometimes we can't get rid of generational curses because we still hate.
1: Come on. <laughs> come on, we still on.
0: hating. Somebody did something to you, and you hating them for it. No, just forgive them and keep loving. Yeah. they have to deal with what they did de- done to an individual or whatever mm-hmm. they set into motion. Another thing it says: live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud. Oh, I'm gonna say that one again. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Mm. Some of us are living in generational curses because we keep thinking we're higher than everybody. Come on. Until you come down off that high horse and get with the people you need to be with, you go keep being in the same boat. Then some of y'all wonder why you can't keep friends. Mm. Mm. All right. Then mm-hmm. I'm gonna move down a little bit further. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Mm. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody, not just in the eyes of God, In the eyes of everybody, Mm. some of these generational curses can be broken if we keep trying to get uh, quit, trying to get revenge on everybody.
1: (laughs) Wow. Sometimes we just
0: got to let that thing go. And I'm not trying to be insincere. I understand people are hurt. They're broken and they've gone through things. But sometimes we're up here devising things of how to get back at somebody. That's what the enemy does. Right. Ooh! That's what the enemy does. Right. We're going to do tit for tat. You stick me in my eye, I'm going to stick you in yours. You shoot this brother, I'm going to go and I'm going to shoot somebody from another set. Mm -hmm. sometimes what we have to do is live in harmony don't repay evil for hate for evil but start doing good because love covers a multitude Mm. now the last thing I'll I'll, uh, sit here with you and I'll tell you is this on the contrary if your enemy is hungry feed him Mm -hmm. some of us won't even talk to the people that we hate Mm -mm. wow Mm. but how can we ever show that love overcomes evil that love uh, endures all things if we don't start doing that very thing Mm -hmm. so If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heat burning coals on his head. Do not overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good.
1: Mm, mm,
0: mm. Don't right. do evil to evil. Just start doing good and right. let God do the rest. Right. I, I could have went on because there's so much more that is up in there that can help individuals in breaking generational curses. But those are just some of the high points that I thought about. Right. See, all too often, we have to understand that when it comes to generational curse, it, it's about wanting to release that thing. It's about not holding on even to the pain that somebody else caused you. We've even heard it say in the Bible that, hey, when you forgive someone that ain't for that individual, that's for you. Mm -hmm. Uh So a part of your healing begins when you start forgiving. Mm. Now, the next thing I'm going to say, and I can take no credit for this. I was um, scrolling through, I don't know, Facebook, Instagram, one of those... um, Uh, social media platforms one day. And I saw something that I even use in some of my classes right now uh, where I work at. But it was an individual uh, a professor that had a uh, bottle of water or a glass of water. And he asked one of the students in his class to say, can you tell me how much this water inside this glass weighs. And she took a glass. I think she said maybe six to eight ounces. Then somebody else said, no, it's 12 ounces. Someone else said 16. And what he said that was really profound was that it doesn't matter what the weight of the water is. Because the weight never changes. Mm. But the longer you hold on to that water, the heavier it gets. He says, if you put that in your hand, you outstretch it and you hold on to it for a couple of minutes, it's not going to be that big of a deal. But if you hold on to it for a couple of hours, you'll start to get tired. If you hold on to it all day, your your arms will be sore, weak. You'll want to drop the glass. Mm-hmm. Basically, what I got out of that is that especially when it comes on the generational curses, when are you going to put it down? Right. The longer right. you hold on to it, the longer that it, it, it hurts you, the heavier it gets. It becomes a burden. Right. But if you can just drop it off somewhere, you no longer have to worry about that weight. Mm-hmm. And a lot of individuals are holding on to generational curses because the only thing they're holding on to is people, people saying, well, just pray about it. Right. Yeah, you can pray about it and drop it off. Take your burdens to the Lord and leave them there. I got it. But when you m- mentally, physically spiritually going to put that thing down Mm. Mm
1: -mm. because at
0: some point you got to get tired of carrying it for anyone that's been in the military for any length of time and you had to do a rut march, Oh, when you finished that 12 miles or whatever, and you got that thing off your back, yeah, oh, that it, thing it felt good. Relief. You <laughs> laid out, you rolled in the grass, you stood up and stretched. That's what it's like when you drop things off the guy and let him handle these generational curses instead of continuing to carry it on.
1: Right, right. So let me go ahead and let you guys know, since we brought up the mention of the movie that we have watched, it is The Unforgivable mm-hmm. with Sandra Bullock and Viola Davis. Yeah, Viola It Davis. came out in 2021 an amazing movie. And it definitely speaks because this lady, and, and I didn't even mean to go here, but since he brought up the movie, once she got out, she needed help. She went to everybody for help. She, you know, I don't want to, Tell the movie, I encourage you to go watch it and kind of think about this show, if you will. She need help. And it was like individuals were so dismissive of her um, and they had already labeled her. Come on, somebody. Mm -hmm. See, that's the problem. A lot of us don't offer help as God desires, not because we, not because we needed the notoriety, but a lot of us don't offer help because we're already labeling people. We're already saying, no, that's not true. We're already trying to discredit their need for help. But let me tell you, there were times in my own life, and some of you all who've purchased the book, you read the book, whatever the case may be, um, I needed help and it was some serious situations in where I needed help. I set up and think about, and this is for those of you who are single. Um, like I said, it was a point in the book where I was talking about, um, you know, having a conversation with my husband, he wanted to marry me. And I was like, no, before we go forward, I need to tell you some things. I told him things that I held in for years, you know? And the thing that I liked about my husband at that time, boyfriend is the fact that he did not label me. He did not judge me. He accepted me. And not only did he accept me, the things I share with him on my heart, he, he took it in and he helped me with it throughout these years. Okay. So that's something I want you all to keep in mind for those of you who are single. Now know this, everybody, you can't open up and tell your dark inner, whatever the case may be. I knew, I felt in my heart that it was okay for me to do. He offered safety. Come on, somebody. When somebody needs help, what they're looking for is safety. God gives us safety. We know that we can rest in God's arms, but everybody don't know that. So keeping that in mind, what my husband was talking about, this is, I want to kind of switch it real quick. There are many of us out there who, and I'm so guilty of this. I love helping people because I like to see people do better. But because I have such a helping heart, my husband is the same exact way. Sometimes it backfires on you when you try to help everybody. And so what I've learned is that I need to see God. Now, if it's a crisis situation is right there before me, it is in my nature. I have been trained, you know, uh, in the military and outside of the military to provide first aid. Come on, somebody provide first aid to be a combat lifesaver. Some of you all who served in the military, you know what that means. I've been, um, trained to do that. But then I've also been trained to triage as well. Now, this is for the medical personnel, the nurses and the doctors out there. You're trained to triage. And so while I'm praying for an individual, I'm also discerning from God. Now, what my husband said is so true. There are some people out there that they like staying in a generational curse. They like always having to be in an area, oh, I need help. I need help. They cry wolf is what they're doing. It's not like a sincere need. And it's not like, you know, I'm necessarily judging them, but I have to triage. I have to spiritually triage them while I'm spiritually triaging. I also have to pray to God and say, God, is this my assignment? Because what we have to learn for those of us who have hearts to help everybody, because we want to see if people do better is we have to pray and seek God and ask God, is this my assignment? Am I supposed to triage? them along to the next uh, echelon of care, to the next level, to get them the most direct help that they need. Now, what I've learned is with the individuals, because I say this all the time and I I purpose not to be dismissive, but I say, I will pray for you because prayers are free. What I mean by that, and let me explain that, is because you have some of these individuals that they say that they need help, but they actually like the attention that they get from being stuck where they are. I'm still going to pray for you regardless. I'm still going to pray over you and ask that God, you know, do his will and have his way and whatever it is that you're struggling with and whatever it is need to be brought to the forefront. I'm not going to be dismissive. But when God places in my heart, okay, this person is not your assignment. You need to, you know, refer them to blah, blah, blah. That's what we do in counseling as therapists. If we know that an individual, we're not going to be able to provide them the best care possible. It is our duty ethically <laughs> to refer them in the beginning. You can recognize that. And so that's something to keep on. Um, you do not want yourself to enable the individual because one of the things that i've learned over the years of helping people is they the people the person that's needing help they gotta as kenya said be willing to jump in there and do the work you know they have to be willing to uh bring, break some strongholds. We know about that for those of us who, you know, who was raised in the church, you know, about those spiritual strongholds and those yokes of bondage. And so they have to be willing and you can assist them. OK, but not enable them. So, again, make sure you're seeking God while you're praying and allowing God to direct you to to whose assignment this individual is, whether it's your assignment or whether you need to refer them on.
0: Yeah. And, you know, one thing that really just came to my mind here and, you know, my wife and I uh, going through school to to become counselors, uh, we, we can't negate the fact that sometimes individuals need counseling to help break generational curses. Sometimes you can't see it. Sometimes you may not be able to understand it, but through counseling and different theoretical orientations uh, that a counselor may use, you know, you can overcome uh, those situations that maybe you've had to go through in the past. Now, my wife said earlier that she didn't want to give away the movie, but I'm sorry, I got to give away the movie. (laughs)
1: Okay, okay. And and I'm
0: not going to give the whole thing away, Uh but this is what I'll say. Sometimes wounded people will help other individuals even in the midst of their struggle. Mm. Sometimes wounded people right. are willing to help other individuals that may not even need help in the midst of their struggle. Mm-hmm. And, and in this particular movie, uh, when this uh, young lady finally gets to find out where her sister is at because she hasn't seen her for 20-plus years of her mm-hmm. being in jail and her sister's uh-huh. in foster care, she meets with the young girl's adoptive sister. Mm-hmm. And because of that, a man who thought that she actually killed her father says, well, I'm just going to get her back by killing her sister. Right. And so instead of getting the actual sister, she got the uh, the young man kidnapped, the adoptive sister. Yeah. And is planning on killing her in front of this lady. Mm-hmm. Now, she's on her way to see her, actually, her actual sister play in a concert. And when she gets ready to walk inside, that's when she gets the phone call that says, hey, I'm going to kill this girl. Right. This is your sister. She knows it's not her sister. Mm -hmm. She didn't think about that at that moment. She just said, this is a human being.
1: Yes.
0: And she left and went and put her own life on the line to save that young girl.
1: Right.
0: Now, once again, that goes back to the quote I just said, wounded people will help others even in the midst of their struggle. She didn't have to do that. She could have been selfish. Right. So why do I say that? We need to quit being selfish sometimes. Yes. Sometimes we are so selfish of the fact that We've got more going on than we think that somebody else does when that person is really counting on us. Mm. But somebody else will lay down their lives in the midst of, of helping us and we really may not even need it that Mm-mm. much. We may be able to fend for ourselves. We may be able to pray for ourselves. Right. But someone is struggling, maybe dropping a prayer for you. Right. And right. I'm going to speak to some, some adults. I'm going to speak to some kids that are out there. Some of your parents have put down their fact that they're struggling just to help you out and you ain't even thankful for it.
1: Right. Wow.
0: We need to start thinking about that. Now, the next thing I want to tell you is this, and and we're going to get ready to start wrapping up. We got about 15 minutes left in the show. But one of the biggest things that you can do in breaking generational curses, laying that thing over to God, praying about it, uh, doing something on your own as an individual, maybe going to counseling, uh, quit hating people. All that stuff is fine and good. Right. Then after that, I'm going to need you to do one word,
1: Mm -hmm. and that's go. Mm.
0: Why do I use that word? This is the reason I'm going to tell you to do it. Some of us, when we get in the midst of trying to deal with generational curses and the situation and circumstance we get into, we just stay put. We become stagnant. Mm -hmm. I need you to get up and move. Mm -hmm. Why is that? ain't because I'm saying it. It's because Jesus said it. Let me show you why. I'm going to give you some examples. When Jesus came into encounter with a woman who was accused of adultery, she was actually caught in the midst of adultery with another man. They brought her out to be stoned. And through all of that, he had a conversation with her. One of the things he says, hey, where's all these people that accused you? Because he dropped the, he dropped the bomb on them. Mm-hmm. He said, hey, let ye that was without sin cast the first stone. And then he turns around in the 11th verse. And at the very end, he said, and Jesus said, neither do I Go and sin no more. Mm-hmm. Jesus was good about saying, go. Right. So what he was telling them to do, go ahead and leave here because you can't stick around in this same place. Mm-hmm. You need to have a renewing of your mind. Go ye therefore and sin no more. Right. Now I'm going to give you another example. Uh, Jesus healed a man who was paralyzed in Matthew, the ninth chapter. And what did he tell him? He said, go, mm. pick up your bed and walk. In other words, don't stay in this same situation. You right. need to get away from here. Right. So I'm going to need some people to go. Mm. And then the last example that I give you is when Jesus healed a blind man. Mm. He spit in the mud, spit in the dirt, made some mud, put it on his eye, then told him to go bathe in a certain place. He said, go. Mm. Now, why is that? Because sometimes when you're when you leave that place, People need to see that you ain't in that same state that you were before. Right, right. In order for generational curses to be broke, I'm gonna need you to go. Right. Get to a place to where people can see. They're not in the same boat that they used to be. Mm-hmm. People say that you were molested. Now you're being loved. People right. saying that you were being used. No, now you're helping other individuals. Right, right. People said that you ain't nothing. You ain't never going to be nothing. And then you're the millionaire living in a mansion on the hill. Come on, come I need on. you to go somewhere. Right. See, most time when people say uh, that it's about the time when they done made you mad and you get ready to fight, boy, you better go. On. Mm-hmm. You better go somewhere. Mm-hmm. No, I'm going to need you to go because the goodness of God is going to be up on you and that generational curse is going to be broken. You don't have time to care that with you. Hey, arise, take up your bed and walk. You go take up this generational curse and you go walk this thing out because that's what God needs. He needs people to see that his salvation is real. He needs people to see that this thing that you said was holding you down ain't holding you down anymore. You have control of that bed right now. So at that point, this is the thing I'll say again. Quit staying stagnant. It's time to go.
1: Right, right. And so this is one of the things that I want to kind of bring up as well. When you receive the help that you need, make sure that you reach back and help someone else. Oh, that's
0: good. Oh, that's good. I'll right say there. that
1: again. When you receive the help that you need, make sure you reach back and help someone else. When Kenya was just speaking about the movie and and the lady being wounded, and even in the midst of her mess, if you will, she still helps somebody else. That resonated with me so strong. The whole reason why I came into the I chose the the healthcare field is because growing up, looking around, going to the projects and different things like that, there were so many people that I just seen they needed help. I didn't understand it as a kid. I didn't understand why watching this person shaking on the ground with a needle hanging out their arm and they're foaming at the mouth. That's when I said, I want to be a nurse. Cause I because everybody was just standing there and watching. But nobody was helping, and so coming into the military, that was my whole purpose. I wanted to be able to help people, even though I was walking wounded. Come on, somebody, and a lot of you all, because of generational curses, right now are walking wounded. Mm-hmm. What you got? You got something on your mind? No, no,
0: that, that that's good. You know, um, you know, when when I hear you say walking wounded, that that takes me back to analogies and everything. It's like you know, when you used to uh, break your ankle, they gave you crutches, right? You could still walk around, but you had to have some assistance uh, that was there. Right. But then once you got healed, they would tell you, you can put pressure on that now. Uh, you You can lose one of the crutches. Right. And then eventually you got to the point where you got rid of two. And so that just kind of resonates with me because for all for all too long, some people just holding on the crutches way too long. Right. Even nowadays, they don't even give you crutches; they give you a boot sometimes.
1: Mm-hmm. Tell you to stay
0: in a boot for so long. Or oh, you so, got
1: the little roly thing, right? Where you rolling with your leg that's propped backwards, right? <laughs> and, and once again,
0: uh, when you're in a situation where you feel that you've been wounded. It's never good for you to just stay stagnant. You got to keep moving. Right, right. Even in the hospital, sometimes we have individuals that are uh, in in the hospital bed for a long period of time. They say, hey, they got to get up. They got to move. Blood got to get to circulate. Right. And if you believe in the power of Jesus and the blood of Jesus, you know that that thing got to move. Come on. So you got to get up and move too.
1: It's got to circulate. So, yes. So, going back to what I was saying about helping and reaching back and helping someone else, it also made me think about Kenya and I. One of the things is that, and I'm not trying to talk us up by any means, but one of the things is that we went through in our marriage. We've told you all that for the past five years that we've been, you know, doing marriage Mondays with the Kings, but even in the midst of, even because when we first started five years ago, we was coming out some things and God is using us to help others. You see what I'm saying? So let's kill this myth that asking for help is a bad thing. And let's also kill this generational curse that uh, asking for help is a sign of weakness because you gotta be strong. I cannot stand that because I wore all the labels. Strong woman, you gotta be a strong child. You gotta be a strong black woman. I'm sick of that. I do not have to walk around with a heavy Fifty pound, a hundred pound rucksack on my back to prove that I am strong. Okay, so get that. Let's let's break that in the generational curses. That is that is not what asking for help is not what strength or. A weakness is not a sign of weakness. You get strength when you ask for help. Because I'm telling you, when you ask for help and you do the work, and I've been counseling myself and things like that, you get clarity on the other side of some things. You're able to walk Better after being broken, as Kenya was talking about walking around on crutches, there is you are free. You're no longer bound with shackles around your ankles to the generational curses of your past. And I'm going to tell you this, when you ask for help and you get help and you're walking in the signs of freedom, you're going to have people in your generations, meaning your family, who's not going to be happy for you because you should have turned out like this. You shouldn't have turned out like that. You know, we didn't get you any help. You should be walking around with shackles of, of generational curses on your ankles just like we are. No, break those yokes of bondage. Mm-hmm. We are children of the Most High God. You cannot say you're a child of the Most High God and you're still walking around bounded. That's an oxymoron. That does not work. So are we going to walk around and be free and do the things that we need to do to be free? Or are we still going to be bound and lying and saying that we're free?
0: Mm, that's good. And, you know, that that just kind of uh, goes back to something I should have said earlier when I said some people weren't going to like this. But God took me in another direction. And my wife just kind of uh, threw it out there. Sometimes when they come to these generational curses, you got to free yourself from your family. Yep. Look at true. that. It's that's generational. It, it's family connected. It's blood connected. And sometimes, like my wife's saying, you're trying to get free and your family keep pulling you down. Or if you get free, now they think, well, you better than we are.
1: Yeah. You know,
0: what makes you think you better this, that and the other? Right. And so we have to understand that whomever the sun sets free is free, free indeed. indeed. So on. if you free yourself from that generational curse by separating yourself from your family, that's a healing that you need for yourself. Right. Your family may have to come into the understanding that, hey, th- this ain't about this individual. Right. This ain't about me and you. This is all about the enemy trying to have his way in our lineage. Right. And what we have to understand is look at David. Mm. See, when when I grew up, the only thing you heard about David. Was that he killed Goliath. Right, right. And that he ended up being a king. You don't hear about all this other crazy stuff that, that David did. Okay. Right? <laughs> and so we have to understand that even in lineages, there's going to be some people that's going to mess up, but you can still be a king. Right. Oh, I, I can preach that one all day long. Come on, sir. You can mess up, but still be a king. Yeah. Now, it's your choice. Choose you this day. Come on. What are you going to be? Are you going to still be subject to that generational curse? Mm-hmm. Or are you going to have that generational curse broken so that somebody in your uh, lineage can end up being a king?
1: Right. And you can have family. You can love family. Oh, yeah. But even if you look at Jesus with the disciples, they were family to him. But Jesus still needed time to get away and just be with the father. You mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? So think about it like that. Don't just be jumping and running. Oh, I'm cutting out family. and Oh, the king said, now the devil is a now. That ain't what we said. God Come back and listen. What we're saying is you can love family. You can that you know who your toxic and your dysfunctional family is that always keep mess going in the family. You are laughing right now because you are thinking of the individual or individuals mm-hmm. in your head. See, what you do is you ask for help, you you pray, you seek God, you get the help, you go to counseling, and then once you've taken that break from your family so you can get things right. What you do is you reintroduce your family to the new you and then you set up boundaries and you're able to verbally communicate and say, I don't like that because that hurt my feelings. No, I don't operate like that anymore. OK, and then, like I said, you help others to do the same.
0: All right. And so as we get ready to kind of draw to end, the last thing that I want to say here, um, uh, just really given an, give an honor and reference to our uh, apostle uh, now. Uh, There used to be our our bishop when we were at Faith Mission uh, Mm -hmm. Ministries in Clarksville. Apostle Browning. Apostle Browning. Uh, I I was sitting in church one day and he had uh, preached a sermon um, about Peter uh, being in the boat when the storm hit and uh, Jesus allowing Peter uh, to come to him on the waters. And he entitled that, that, uh, You Better Get Out of the Boat. Mm -hmm. I remember that. For a lot of individuals, you have to understand as long as you're walking around with this generational curse up on you, you're still in the boat. Come it's still on. a rock and it can Come still on. sink. But if God allows you and you, you give that thing over to him, it's nothing wrong with you getting out the boat.
1: Right. Now,
0: how do we tie that back to generations because it has to deal with families? If your family want to stay in the boat, let them stay there right but you got to get out right. somebody has to be the one that has enough faith to say master i see that is that you mm-hmm. if that be you allow me to, to come, come to you come
1: on come on sir yes
0: and, and, and somebody has to be willing to do it because this is the thing that i want you to I want you to really hear my heart it's not about breaking off from family members like my wife said it's not about leaving them hanging but if you get out the boat then maybe they'll get out the come boat too on.
1: yes god they might they won't call you crazy they come won't on, call Mr. you crazy King, come on hey
0: if you could walk on water and Jesus is right there that I may want to get a taste of that too. Right.
1: Oh, my God. Oh, my God.
0: But I want to go ahead and read our thought of the week. We really appreciate you guys for for listening in. But the thought of the week comes from Mark Ammon, and it reads, sometimes the only answer people are looking for when they ask for help is that they won't have to face the problem alone. Wow. Wow. I mean, that's the thing that'll preach itself. It's not about them uh, wanting to just get the help. They just don't want to go through it by themselves. And right. there's a lot of individuals out there, and it's probably the people listening under the sound of our voice. You went through some things, and it feels better when you're not going through it by yourself.
1: Yes, yes. That's,
0: that's why the Army gives you a battle, buddy.
1: Come on, come mm. on, sir. Oh, my
0: God. Like, they, I
1: don't even want to end the show
0: right that, now. That's why the church calls them prayer warriors. Yeah.
1: come on, come on. Okay, so tonight's show is brought to you by Marriage Monday's um, Excuse me, I'm so excited. Tonight's show is brought to you by Christian Humor for slash Inspiration. This is a group that's designed to uplift, inspire, and bring humor to everyday life in a Christian way. If you're on a social media, please check them out simply by going to search them on Facebook at Christian Humor slash Inspiration. Then we have Hope, Helping Our Patriots Evolve. This is a space for all veterans and their loved ones to come and feel like they're accepted and understood. Um, hope veterans around the globe suffer every day from a pain they cannot escape. Hope is not for mental health services. For that, you will have to find a supportive mental health resource within your community or at your local veteran health administration. Please visit their website at hope com. Are you looking to buy or sell a home? Prolific Moves start here with Prolific Realty. Visit their website at prolificrealtors.com or call Alexis White at 254-702-5332. Listen, we're going to ask that you all join us back as we continue on with generational curses. We have so many subtopics that we are going to have coming up, talking about the church, family secrets, uh finances and so much more. So thank you so much. If you would like to get caught up on a generational curse series, please go to our website, marriage Mondays with the com, And then you can click the listen here tab. And then also, um, we just we just want to say thank you. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for being here with us. So to close out tonight's show, thank you so much for joining us. And we will be back with you next Monday at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. And as always, keep it locked right here on KRGN 98.5 FM. The no Rock. rock.